Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Digital Marketing Agency Builders Podcast. In this show, we discuss the rapidly advancing digital marketing industry and how to grow a profitable marketing agency with some of the best minds in the space. Since 2015, Tyler Narducci has been building and scaling his own digital agency, helping businesses grow and market their services and products through online advertising. Now, he's helping other startup digital agencies launch and scale rapidly to six figures with the Done For You Agency Program. If you're interested in taking your agency to the next level and skip all those painful mistakes most have to make by learning directly from those killing it in the digital agency space, then apply now at dfyagencyprogram.com scale. That's dfyagencyprogram.com scale. There will be a clickable link in the podcast show notes below. Now, let's dive into today's episode. episode of the Digital Marketing Agency Builders podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Narducci, and I have with me today, Annika Watkins. Annika is the founder of Moxie Copywriting, an on-demand copywriting agency for marketing agencies and entrepreneurs. Having owned her own digital marketing agency for over a decade, coupled with 10 plus years of professional copywriting experience, Annika is passionate about helping her clients create effective copy. They need to increase conversions and grow their business. Since its inception in 2019, Moxie Copywriting has written thousands of campaigns for hundreds of agencies and business owners all over the world. Annika, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and talk about copy. Me too. Copy is at the core of like everything that we do uh, in the agencies world. And so uh, it's very, it, I'm, I'm stoked to have you on uh, the episode today. Uh, awesome. Will, well, thank you for having me. Yes, for sure. So we'll just dive um, right in. So uh, this is actually a question that I talk about, or I, I get a lot um, in the program, the DFY agency program, but um, as an agency is having a brand voice um, displayed in the copy that you put online and like your website and everything, is that important? Yeah, I would say so 100%. And the way I always like to talk about it with entrepreneurs and agency owners is you invest in your branding, right? So you buy a logo, you have someone design your color palette and your color schemes and your graphics and all of that because you want it to be tight and cohesive. The same thing applies to copy. So it's gonna create that brand consistency. Um, And it's a little less obvious to notice because branding is colors and visuals, but it does create that polish and consistency within your brand. And by having um, brand voice displayed in your copy, you're also gonna be attracting the right avatars and the right audience. So having that in place is really, really important and something I think every agency should do. Yeah, I, I I fully agree. I think I spent uh, a lot of time like reviewing emails that were scheduled to go out and like different uh, social posts and everything and just making sure that it's kind of cohesive with the things that I teach and that I talk about and that I, um, you know, you, that I speak about on podcasts and everything that it all kind of like ties together because I feel like if there's, if there is like a disconnect and the stuff Mm -hmm. that you're putting out and then the stuff that you're saying and then the stuff that's on your website like I think it can be confusing for your potential buyers and then also potentially for your sales process even 
Um, yeah, and it even comes down to the words that you use and the phrases that you use or your email signature. If that's all over the place, your brand is going to look sloppy. And once you start using the same words, the same phrases, the same taglines, you're really going to build that repetition in people's minds and it helps them um, think of you and keep you top of mind. Totally. I completely agree. Um, what are some brand voice and content guidelines? Um, and why does every agency, in your opinion, need them or maybe don't need them? Yeah, I think every agency needs them 100%. So basically, your brand voice and content guidelines are essentially a document or a PDF of everything copy and content related for your business. So that's where you're going to map out your different avatars, the tone of voice you need to use to communicate with them, um, the style you're going to use in your writing, the core words you're going to use, the phrases, your mission statement, your tagline, um, your editorial guidelines. Uh, you can go really nerdy with it, which I love because I'm a word nerd. So yeah. In our editorial guidelines, I even have things such as, you know, always have spaces between ellipses and um, always use contractions whenever possible or keep the copy simple. But basically by having brand voice and content guidelines in place, you could literally hand off your copy to any writer, any person on your team and say, hey, this is how we sound as a brand or as an agency. And if you follow that guideline, then everything will stay cohesive and anybody can write for you. So this is essentially, it's an SOP for copy. Yeah, basically. So it's kind of like an SOP slash roadmap for how your copy and your brand should sound. So tone and voice, guidelines, mechanics, and all of that. Very, very cool. Now, did you put together like a template for your own business on how, to create, how, to, how to create this uh, content guideline? And like, how did you create that, I guess? Um, so it was something that I started doing for other brands maybe five years ago when I was running my marketing agency and I wasn't just solely focusing on copy. Um, and I always put them together to create brand consistency before we'd create content for our clients. Um, and so I really just over the last five years kind of finessed it and mapped out what I think needs to go in those guidelines. So that's something I could definitely share with your audience too. I don't have an official landing page or anything, but I'd be happy to share a template of what those brand voice and content guidelines should look like. And we have put these together for really big agencies um, in California and New York. And so having something like this in place, I think can really take a good agency to that next level of greatness because it's just polishing and tightening and perfecting everything that you do. Totally, totally. Now, when you're building, I guess this, or when you're working with an agency to mm -hmm. build these content uh, guidelines, I get, I, yeah. I assume like you're asking them different types of questions. Um, yeah, to kind of for sure. Evoke these answers that can help you build this because, like they probably have an idea mentally of what they want to sound like and feel like and look like. But like, if you ask yeah. them, they may have a hard time articulating that, I think. So did you have like specific questions that you asked them to help kind of bring these brand guidelines out of them? Yeah, definitely. So whenever we do this for clients or for agencies, we always get on a, a discovery call basically where we usually spend about two hours walking through your avatars, who you're currently working with, what you don't like about the clients you have, who you'd like to be working with, where those avatars spend their time online, what types of uh, words do they use, what do they care about, what are their pain points, um, what are their greatest desires. So there's a lot of research involved and there's a lot that goes into it because you definitely don't want to 
you know, just pull this stuff out of your hat. It has to be, um, you know, effective and specific to the ideal customers or clients that you want to work with. So, um, you know, asking who are your ideal avatars, um, where are they spending time online, what channels, what words are they using, um, and things like that. So it's definitely a process and something you want to take your time going through because once these are done, you want to stick with these guidelines forever, essentially. Like you might tweak it later, um, but you'll tweak it. This should be like the backbone of your brand and your agency and how you put yourself out there to the world. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, it's, it could take a little bit of time to probably hash that out in the beginning, but in the end for, you know, the consistency of the brand and effectiveness Mm -hmm. of their, their messaging really worth it. Um, Oh, and one thing I want to add to Tyler is if you have an exit strategy, if you own an agency and you're thinking, okay, I want to sell my agency in one to two years or five years, having this in place is really, really appealing when you're selling your agency um, and working on that exit strategy, because the more SOPs you have in place, including your brand voice and content guidelines, that makes everything that much easier for the company or person that's going to take over. So that's another good reason to have them in place. 100% because like they, the, the first thing on like an acquiring, uh, you know, person that's acquiring the agency's mind is like, they want to a keep their current clients, right. And keep the existing mm-hmm. pipeline going uh, to keep that engine you know, humming and, and making more profit. And if they come in and all of a sudden, like the name is the same, but everything is flipped on its head and people are, you know, under new management uh, is out of control, then, you know, you can see a, a big drop off in yeah. profitability of that agency. And then that kind of hurts the whole reason why you acquired it in the first place. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, should agency owners write their own copy, whether it's for their um, their own agency, uh, landing pages, emails, website, mm-hmm. or for, you know, all their clients, um, or, you know, should they write their own copy? No, <laughs> <laughs> Easy. no. no. <laughs> <laughs> just don't do it. That made me think of this Justin Bieber, TikTok audio. I heard the other day where he says, no, hundred percent. No, um, yeah. no, you don't want to, because if you have an agency, right the whole goal of owning an agency is to manage the agency and not work in it. So writing copy is a really time consuming. If you're not a copywriter, you should not be writing copy. And you're usually too close to your product and services to sell it and write in a way that's going to be very effective. So when I had my agency starting 10 years ago, I was outsourcing everything I wasn't great at. So graphic design, web design, whatever the thing is. And for some reason, a lot of agency owners hang on to copy as one of those last things where they feel like, oh, but nobody's going to get it. I have to write my own stuff. And I feel like that's one of the worst mistakes you can make as an agency owner. And the sooner you can get it off your plate and the sooner you can just let someone else do it for you, who's great at writing copy, the faster you're going to scale. 100%. And it's also like, it is, uh, like you said, one of the most time-consuming things that you can do as a business owner, right? If you're mm-hmm. sitting there writing all of that, um, it's just, that was definitely one of the first things that uh, I would outsource because it, it doesn't, it's not a, a huge, it's not a great use of your time uh, as the it's agency not. owner. <laughs> no. And, I, you know, I found a really happy balance. Like I'm... Um, you know, I'm really protective of my own agency's brand and like the way that we 
um, present ourselves. And I really want it to be cohesive, whether that's in mm -hmm. our colors and in what we're saying and all of that. Um, and I really just want it to sound like it, it's from me, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because I, you know, I have, you know, quite a little bit of a personality online and like, I want it to match at least what I'm saying, right? For sure. Um, even yeah. if I'm not writing that email. So like, just being able to get those emails written, but then take a look at them and review them yes. and make even minor changes is such a better use of the agency owner's time is to get, mm -hmm. get it done first. And then if you need to make adjustments to it, you can make adjustments to it. And oftentimes people like yourself and your team that you had outsourced that copy to, um, it would only mm -hmm. take like a few different uh, weeks of sending in copy and getting those adjustments back where the copywriter yeah. is going to learn what you're adjusting and what you're changing. Exactly. And then it's going to start coming in exactly as you would have put it out anyway. Um, exactly. And I think that's a good point to make because a good copywriter will 100% be able to nail your voice as a coach or an agency owner, whatever it is that you do. But it usually doesn't happen instantaneously, especially if you're writing a copy that really has to reflect the voice of an individual like yourself. Um, so I think for agency owners, keep that in mind, whether you're outsourcing to a freelance writer or a copywriting agency like ours or an in-house writer, um, give them a little bit of time to kind of get in the flow and find your voice. And then once, once they get the hang of it, it becomes very seamless and much, much quicker. But if you're writing all that copy yourself, you are definitely going to create a bottleneck that is not sustainable. Totally. What do you think the biggest benefits of outsourcing copy um, is? Yeah, I think for sure, as an agency owner, the biggest thing is it's going to allow you to scale more quickly um, by taking that off your plate and delegating as soon as possible. Even if you don't have a big budget, there are still ways that you can delegate and outsource your copy that are affordable, um, but it frees up so much time. And then the second thing I'd say is expertise, you know, let the experts do what they're best at. If you hire a graphic designer, they're going to create beautiful graphics that will help you increase conversion. Same thing goes with copy. If you're hiring a, you know, top qualified conversion copywriter, they're going to know what to do and have that instinct to write copy that will convert for you and help you attract more clients. Um, and ultimately it's going to improve your ROI. If you have really uh, well-crafted copy, you're going to scale and it's going to increase your ROI in general. So I think those are some of my top reasons for outsourcing. Totally. And, you know, I think one of the, the things that, you know, newer agency owners forget oftentimes is like, you don't have to go and spend a bunch of money to hire an in-house copywriter before you've mm -hmm. made the money to pay for that. Like right. you can, just like any other outsourced work that you bring into your agency, you can bake that cost into your, your pricing, right? So mm -hmm. You don't have, you, what, I, what I've always recommended, you know, for the members of the Dumfrey Agency Program, one of the things we do is we provide them, you know, a pre-vetted list of contractors. And then I encourage them to go and speak to those contractors, um, you know, get those, you know, agreements in place to where they know who the fulfillment provider is. Uh, they have confidence in their ability to provide uh, that fulfillment. Uh, they have case studies that they can use right away to market themselves with, and they just feel comfortable mm -hmm. with that provider. That way, then they can safely move over into lead gen, start landing those clients. And when that client comes on board and they need copy, they've already baked the price of getting that copy done for them right. into their front end pricing. So it's already paid for, and they have the relationship with that copywriter to then go right. and say, okay, the client's here, we're ready to go. You know, they have the faith and the trust in that partner. 
uh, and they mm-hmm. the relationship's already there and they're ready to go. That's how it should go, uh, in 100%. my opinion, especially in the beginning. But a lot of people, they're like, you know, I have to do it all myself in the beginning because I don't have enough money in my agency right. to go hire a full-time copywriter. You don't have, yeah. have to go hire a full-time copywriter or a bundle builder or an ads manager. You can do all of, you can do that path with all of your fulfillment needs yeah. really. And, um, you know, just the one piece of it though, that I, I really emphasize for, you know, newer agency owners listening is get those relationships in place first. Um, mm-hmm. because you don't want to be in a situation where you land a new client and then you're scrambling to find a fulfillment provider and really not maybe fully trusting this person, but right. having to go with someone because you're out of time. Like the client is here. Um, and so it's just what, one of the great things about the program is we make those introductions and allow you to have that space to, you know, make that relationship and then go get the clients after. So it's just a smooth, you know, close the, close the deal, get the fulfillment, um, all the way through the process. It's just much smoother. Um, but I think copy falls right in line with that whole process to where, it, you know, you don't have to scramble to find a copywriter that you trust and, right. and copywriter copywriting is something that you want to establish that relationship with that person first really anyway, because like you said, there's yeah. often going to be a few iterations of that copy, mm-hmm. um, before you're comfortable. So it's just definitely a, a relationship that you want to build out ahead of time. And it's by far, you know, really worth it. Like you said, to outsource that. I agree a hundred percent. And I think a lot of agencies get tripped up there and they do what you said, which is they onboard clients and then they have to fulfill all these things, but they don't have those relationships in place. And then they work backwards and everything can fall apart really quickly. (laughs) I've been there, you know, when I first started my agency a long time ago um, and doing it the way that you and I are talking about is so much better. Your clients are going to be way happier they're going to stick with you longer because the quality is going to be there right off the bat. Yeah. 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 And then that's, that's the other part of it too, right? Like, yeah, I should have led with that, but like, ultimately, like you need to be doing good for your clients. Good you work for your clients. <laughs> yeah. Like the, yeah. the whole point is to keep your clients happy and be able to create a long lasting relationship with your clients that builds recurring revenue in your agency. And if right. you're just, if you're solely focused on getting that first deal across the line and it falls apart a month or two months later like you you're better off not even getting that first month in because it does more yes. damage than good than that one payment of good um and 100 you're you have to put out good work uh in this industry because you know if if not you're just going to burn another client and as an agency, you're going to talk to people all day, every day that have been burned by other agencies doing exactly what we're talking about uh, and and really burning the industry. Um, So what are some options that agency owners have when they are looking uh, to outsource their copy and how do they choose the right option out there? Yeah, definitely. So let's kind of break down all of the options. So if you are an established agency, let's say you're doing, you know, minimum six to seven figures, I would say you have to be doing at least that much to hire an in-house copywriter. Um, Hiring an in-house full-time copywriter who is good at direct response, which is going to be all the copy involving sales, you know, so ads, emails, sales pages, um, that's going to cost you about 75K plus. If you want a good quality writer, that's the expectation in the industry. You're, you're going to have to pay at least that much um, for a full-time writer. 
And that's a great option once you're established and once you can afford that as, um, as you grow as an agency and it can make a lot of sense financially. Um, so you can also hire a freelance writer. So if you don't have that level of success yet or you're just starting out um, and you can hire freelance writers who are paid hourly so they can track their time on projects. I don't prefer that. Um, with my agency, I've always liked to know a flat fee for everything for almost all of my contractors for the last 10 years. So if I pay someone uh, to write a landing page, I know it's going to cost X because when you're paying people hourly, it's really hard to track how much is going yeah. out and how much is coming in each month because that number flexes. So I'd recommend if you hire a freelance writer to pay them a flat fee based on the items that you need written for your agency. Um, yep. And then you can also go on job sites like Fiverr and Upwork, that's a great place to get started if you've never worked with freelance writers or you don't know where to find them. The thing I will say about Fiverr and Upwork is you do have to be careful because even though it's cheap, I have personally found that the quality is not as good when I've hired other copywriters or graphic designers. Not to say that you can't find excellent people on there, you can. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a little bit different because you have to pay them through those platforms. Um, you have to communicate through those platforms. They're not a true member of your team. So there's some restrictions, but if you do need cheap copy and you just need to get started, those aren't bad options. And then another option is something like Moxie, which is what my, cop my copywriting agency provides. And that's on-demand copy and content for agencies, brands, and coaches. So basically it's an e-commerce store for copy. You can just hop on and order what you need as you need it. And to what we were talking about earlier, Tyler, the way that our agency is set up is to be a white label service for digital agencies, which means, um, you know, we sell Facebook ad copy, for example, for $49. So that price is set up so that you, the agency owner can sell it for 99. And yeah. like you said, build in that margin when you're selling uh, your packages and your services to clients so that, you know, okay, I'm going to make money. I'm going to have great copy and have a team who can just deliver for me. So that's a good option too. So you kind of have those four, you've got in-house, you've got freelance writers, job sites, or a copywriting agency. I love it. Yeah. There is uh, a ton of options out there. You know, when you were talking about the, um, the job sites, you know, I, I don't think I ever, uh, dipped into Upwork or, um, Fiverr for copy, Fiverr. but I did, uh, once dip into freelancer.com for a copywriter. Okay found a fantastic copywriter there uh, a while back. And so I, I looked at like, a, I looked at a lot of those. I think in my experience with the job board uh, sites, it really just depends on the sites that you're looking at. Like Fiverr yeah. can be great for like really small little things, logos, voiceovers yeah. on little short things. Um, you know, a simple graphics, like, the, like those things. Like I think Fiverr is yeah. really good on those things. Um, on bigger like things, I think like copy is by far bigger. Like it's a much bigger mm -hmm. thing. Like it's probably as big as you, you can get in terms yeah. of like scope um, because you need, you know, so many things to be right for copy to be And it's good. ongoing too. And so you ongoing. need a long-term yeah. relationship with whoever is writing your copy. 
right like mm-hmm. not like a one-off gig and then I feel like I feel like right. freelancer is where you can find more on better stronger ongoing relationships with people I've I don't mm-hmm. know it's a little black hat but like I've met people on freelancer and I always pull them off to pay them directly so that freelancer doesn't get the cut <laughs> really is gonna come after me now if someone reports oh no <laughs> um, but like you know I, I find that there's like better longer term quality people on that site so if you're if you're interested in the job board site and you're like I would go in that direction other than that though like on a on a higher the highest level would be like what you guys do and like um you know Annika you have been on my pre-vetted contractors list which uh I will say on the podcast uh one of many many fulfillment providers that you know uh myself and my program will put our names on as does really good work um and uh you know if you guys are looking for like a high level you know, copywriting fulfillment team. Um, I've personally worked with Annika and Moxie uh, and the the quality is phenomenal. Um, and oh, that you. was, that was before you even like shifted into the e-commerce kind of like order it online yeah. and get it quickly delivered. So I love that model too. So I'm sure that's um, doing really well for your clients. So if you guys are listening Thank and you. you're, you're looking for like a really high level, like good quality stuff, um, Annika is a fantastic place. I'm sure at the end of this podcast, she'll give you uh, how to find her, but um, yeah. good stuff there. Um, so how do agency owners find and onboard, I guess, uh, an ideal writer for their agency? What kind of yeah. questions should they ask this person? How do they mm-hmm. test them? Um, what do they look for in their portfolio? Like, how yeah. do they get it right here? Definitely. So this is tricky. I have hired a lot of writers over the last three years. So I feel like I kind of have this down to a science and this is going to sound crazy, but with our agency, I would say out of every, out of every 30 writers that apply, we keep one. Um, And out of the ones we onboard, I would say maybe three out of five end up making it through. So we have a pretty like rigorous process for finding and testing writers. Um, So if you're finding somebody, you know, you can find them through Fiverr, Freelancer, Upwork. Another place you can find freelance writers would be your personal networks, masterminds, ask people if they know freelance writers, there's Facebook groups you can go into as well. So once you have found a writer that you're considering, first thing you want to ask them for is their portfolio. Um, And right off the bat, when I'm looking at portfolios and I look at them all week, I'm looking for, is it easy to read? Is their portfolio a crazy mess? Is it complicated and confusing me? That's like an immediate no, if the portfolio looks messy and confusing. In the portfolio, you wanna make sure that it's really quality copy. And I like to look for things, uh, not just as far as the copy, which is really important, but is their formatting consistent? Is their grammar consistent? Um, Does it feel easy to read? So you really want to take a deep dive into their portfolio. Then you also want to ask them for references, especially with freelance writers. You need actual references with names, phone numbers, emails of people they have written copy for in the past. I would highly recommend doing this. I know some people get kind of like squeamish about references and calling them. Um, But unfortunately, there's a lot of freelance writers who copy and paste copy they've never written dump it in their portfolio and they've never written that copy (laughs) and it looks like they've done all this great stuff but they didn't actually write it and I've seen this happen a lot so I would 100% say if you want to make sure you have a good writer 
get those references and call them because that's something a lot of copywriters are doing right now, which is crazy. You, that's terrible, first off. Yeah. And do you know what's... So I know that has to be true because <laughs> this uh, that happened to me with a Facebook ads person. Uh, like they showed me like work that they did um, in an ad account and I hired them. This was back like 2016, maybe. Um, I brought them on as a contractor for my agency. And, uh, you know, we had 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 several conversations and I was able to take a look at like some of the case studies that they were they were doing on Facebook ads. And um, they weren't able to like do a live share of that ad account, which I thought was a little Mm -hmm. suspect. Um, Yeah, but, uh, but I brought them on. And it turns out like they, for, they took over the account and it just like bombed, like it did really bad. And mm-hmm. uh, I was, I, I lost that client due to this. And I come right. to find out that that person didn't actually get those amazing results that they were showing me. They were a right. part of a like 50 person ads team at a major agency and okay. had, had like nothing to do with that actual, with that adwork, actual account. But, right. Right. But they were pulling like the data from that account to show me and brag yeah. about how great they are. Yes. You know, this is like some other people doing oh this. And I'm like, wow. Cause I was like, how could you get such great yeah. results here? And then a client that's like so similar, just completely bombed. Well, it's because they actually had nothing to do with uh, that yes. so lesson learned. Like, I mean, it's it's basically the same yeah. thing as like copy pasting someone else's work and then- A hundred percent. And vetting your contractors and your agency is hugely important. It can feel really tedious and time consuming, but you don't want it to come back and bite you later. So I would definitely ask for references and talk to them and follow up. Um, and then beyond that, so I've had people do that where they- copy and paste copy they didn't write and then I did what you did and I give them an assignment and I'm like have you written an ad before this is crazy to me like your your portfolio is so solid I'm so confused so the next thing you need to do is have a test you need to have some sort of um, easy test for them say here's a a fake client I want you to write a top middle and bottom of funnel ad um, with these call to actions and show me so always, always give freelance writers a spec test. You wouldn't do this with an agency who's established like Moxie, but if you're hiring a freelance writer who is not vetted that you don't know, you absolutely need to give them some kind of spec test. You can see their work in action. Love it. It's so true. And you know what? Like I'm not trying to shamelessly plug the done free agency program, but I'm going to shamelessly plug the done free agency program. We literally, (laughs) that's one of the big things that we do for our clients is we have a whole pre-vetted contractor network to where just like you said it can be very time consuming interviewing vetting testing trialing your contractors uh and one of the huge benefits of my program is when you come in as a brand new agency owner or even an established agency you now have Mm -hmm. access to a wide network of people of quality like yourself to where you don't have to second guess them and test them and everything like you know from day one they're ready to go and they're in just like every niche out there, you know, right. e-commerce, automotive, dental, chiral, you name it. We have contractors that do great work in those fields. Um, and it just saves you so much time as an agency owner, not having to go through what I was saying and, you know, bring on a contractor yeah. that just tanks your client. And then you lose that client. Like it, it's really valuable to have people that, you know, you can know and trust. Um, from day one. So 
Annika, you are entrenched uh, every day in ad copy uh, and in the ad ad copy industry. Well, just the whole copy yeah. industry and no, more, not just yeah, ads because yeah. website, everything copy. Yeah. Um, what are you seeing trending right now? Yeah, that's a great question. I just did a video about this this morning. Um, so less urgency and more value. So what I mean by that is customers and consumers are really burned out by seeing buy now, buy now, click here, buy this, do that. Instead, they need to know why now. So what I mean by that is why your agency, why are you the best? Why should they take action? Um, why is now the right time to do something with you or to purchase from you? So focusing less on that um, salesy, pushy, buy now, sign up, you know, time's running out and more on value. I've, I'm seeing that happen a lot with much better results and conversions. Um, long form copy is making a bit of a comeback, especially with sales pages and ad copy. In general, I would say that short copy is still really, really trending. But for specific niches, especially like coaching or even agencies, um, that longer form ad copy is still really effective if you are breaking it up with short and punchy sentences and white space. So before where people used to write really long-winded ads and really long-winded sales pages, that does not work anymore. You can still have longer form copy, just break it up and make it tighter and more punchy. Um, and then I would say AI as a copywriting tool. So I don't know if you guys use any AI tools. Our team uses jasper.ai um, to generate ideas for hooks or headlines or email subject lines or blog bullets. Um, and I love AI as a copywriting tool. A lot of copywriters are worried that it's going to replace copywriters in general, and it can't because it's a robot, right? <laughs> so it's never yeah. going to write um, 100% usable copy, but it's amazing for creating ideas. So um, that's more of like a do-it-yourself thing, but I do love um, having a, an AI tool. So if you have a copywriter on your team or a freelancer, that's something you can definitely recommend that they use as a tool to generate ideas. So I think those three things are really big right now. I love it. I didn't really, I, I should have, you know, thought about asking you about AI and copy because I I like from what I've seen, the AI copy yeah, is really bad. Um, but I didn't really yeah, think about the good utility. For ideas. Yeah, I didn't really think of the the utility of generating the idea and then making good copy from that essentially. So that that's really really cool. Yeah. Um, what are you seeing trending right now uh, for landing page? Yeah, for sure. So shorter copy is still performing better for landing pages. Um, you know, where a couple years ago you'd go on a landing page and it just scroll and scroll and scroll forever. I, People do I, not have I, didn't, I didn't even like that, that then. anymore. I didn't even like <laughs> I know. that I'm then. Like, can we like, get to the bottom? How much does it cost? Like, how do I yeah. sign up? You know? So now we're seeing a big shift, even with um, webinar pages, where once you opt in for a webinar, a lot of people were saying you have to watch the whole video before you get the pitch and the offer to sign up. But now people are just putting the offer straight on the page with the webinar video. Um, so that's changed a lot. Having really tight headlines and hooks is super important. I see this with agency owners and entrepreneurs a lot where they have these very confusing, long-winded headlines and hooks, and you want to keep them benefit-driven. So when somebody lands on your sales page, the first thing they need to think is what's in it for me and what am I going to take away because of your product, service, or offer. Um, avoiding like super bro-y sales language is the big thing right now. People are so sick of it and the hypey words and, 
you know, you said super bro that type of language. Yeah. I love <laughs> That's it. That's what we oh call it gosh. in our agency. We call it bro <laughs> It is. It's, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, what's, you know, what's like full of that is Twitter. Um, yes. Twitter, I don't like uh, Twitter is so full of just like this in, insane bro culture, this bro oh. entrepreneurial, they call themselves money Twitter. And like oh the gosh. ironic thing about money Twitter is like, no one's making any money. No one's like, making any money. <laughs> no, like they That's talk awesome. about it and like, or like they'll make like a little bit of money. Like they'll, they'll make like a, like $10,000 and then go out and buy like a $6,000 thing and then yeah. show it. Like, it's just, oh, it's the cringiest. Yeah. Thing that ever. does not work anymore. Stop doing it. Don't do it. It grosses people out and they want genuine um, real copy and empathy. Empathy is a big, big thing in sales pages. So what I mean by that is, Hey, I've been there. I've been in your shoes. I've struggled with X, Y, Z, and I know what it's like to be where you are. So we're seeing that work really well in landing pages. That honestly, that's always worked for me too. Yeah. Like, like coaches and any, any type mm-hmm. of, you know, online personality that like is shows vulnerability and shows like yes. the, their human side has always super attracted me. And I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. because you can just like, if you can relate to the copy in some way, I think it just becomes so much more effective uh, in 100%. the long run. What are some core email sequences uh, agents you should have in place? Yeah, so there's three I would definitely start with. You need a really strong welcome or opt-in sequence. So if you have a lead magnet or whatever mode you're using to attract leads, um, make sure you have a solid welcome opt-in sequence behind that. I usually like to have at least five to 10 emails where basically you're introducing who you are, you're leading with value, explaining what you have to offer and how you're going to help. So again, those emails need to be benefit-driven. Um, with value. So having that in place is imperative. You do not want to send people through your lead generation thing, whatever it is, and then have no follow-up behind it. So you absolutely have to have that. Um, I also recommend every agency have a long tail nurture sequence. So that's once somebody opts in, you want to have content coming behind that for months. So I would say at least 12 maybe 20 emails where you're going to continue to educate, build trust, build authority. Um, and then you kind of weave in into your PSs and smaller places, your offer or a call to action to buy from you. But that's a really important one. Um, another one would be re-engaging old leads who did not take action or customers that you haven't heard from in a long time. So the most important by far, though, is definitely going to be your welcome sequence and then a long tail nurture. Nice. Yeah. In the the DFY agency program, we set our our elite clients up with a seven day email sequence custom to their niche. Um, And how it works is basically the lead comes in through the funnel, gets added Mm -hmm. to their, that into their welcome sequence, uh, and then goes through those seven days. Uh, It is encouraged to continually book the call uh, if they didn't eventually, if they didn't originally book the call. Right. And then, um, And then at the end, it dumps them into a second list, right? So list A, and it starts uh, the sequence. And then list B is then when you long-term nurture, just like you were saying, where you start putting in that, um, you know, that, I guess, your offers, you know, your newsletter updates and, and educational pieces. I think, you know, from what I've seen works really well. It's just tons of value. Like for me on my own email list, I'm to the point I've been now for over a year, maybe two years where I do a daily email. Um, and like, I was very scared to go to daily email 
yeah. for a while because I'm like people are just gonna hate me and like be like oh my god get the heck out of my inbox get but out of what my I inbox found, yeah yeah and, but, and so what what I did and you can do this with active campaign I love active campaign honestly because I feel like they're really good with their tools but like I put yeah. people into a daily email sequence and I put them through an engage, like it's called engagement tagging that they have built into um, active campaign. And what it does is yeah. basically if anyone engages with your brand at all from email, like clicks on a link, opens an email, goes to one of your websites with a pixel on it, whatever, then they're, they're tagged as engaged. And then from then they have to go through, they go through like a 30 day engagement period to where if they mm -hmm. stop engaging, stop uh they unsubscribe or they don't open anything or whatever then they're dumped out of the engagement list and so my mm -hmm. daily emails only go to actively engaged people right so, oh that's super cool that's a good tip i didn't even know you could do that in active campaign yeah it's super awesome <laughs> it's so awesome because like if you by 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 not engaging with me at all online then you're telling me that you're not interested so we're going to pull you off of that list so you don't get annoyed we don't right don't so bombard you Right. So with a, a, like a full email list of like around 50,000, I have like 9,000 people that actively engaged, get the email, like open it. Yeah, and huge. so you end up with like, you know, yeah, you're not hitting your full list, but like you're, you're building this really strong core of people, mm -hmm. of like really people that are super engaged in your agency. Your tribe. Yeah. Right. So I, I love, um, so if you have active campaign and uh, you're listening to this episode, check out in their automation section, it's called engagement tagging. Um, cool. And you can, they have it already set up for you. You can just install it and connect your email list to it. And it's, it's been an amazing tool. I've loved it. I'm going to try that Tyler. That's cool. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, and you know what we do? One other tip, if you start the engagement tagging, because um, you mentioned when I asked you like what's working and you said re-engagement sequence. Mm -hmm. So what we do is like once every two weeks or so, uh, we'll send a blast out to the full list. To the right? whole list, yeah. Right. And then you'll get people that were unengaged, but open that and now they're re-engaged again. Now they're in the re-engagement list. Right. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Right. And so every time yeah. we send that out, we add more people to our core again, and then some people will fall off and mm -hmm. it's just like this natural cycle. Um, I love that. Yeah. Uh, so really quickly, I'm going to shift into uh, agencies as a whole, if you don't mind, because yes. I've been in this uh, industry for quite a while. Actually, let yeah. me, before we go that, let me, let me do one last uh, topic on copy, because I want to make sure okay. that our, our people get helpful resources. What are Absolutely. some of the best resources out there? um, for, uh, for copy and for copywriters. Yeah. For like training an in-house writer or training freelancers for yeah. sure. So, um, you know, definitely when you're working with a good writer, they should already have experience. Hopefully you don't want to hire a writer who's green and has never written copy. Um, there's a few books I recommend this one. Everybody should have it's words that sell. Have you heard of this? I have not. It's awesome. Um, it literally gives you alternatives for everything you say. So instead of saying free, there's a hundred different ways to say free. Instead of saying fast, there's a ton of alternatives. This is like a really good tool that every writer should have. Um, I would also recommend, I'm looking at the books in my office right now. The Copywriter's Handbook is an amazing very tactical uh, copywriting training book. It talks about ads, landing pages, how to do that well. Um, and then Story Brand by Donald Miller. That's another good book for your audience to check out. I love that one. 
And then two, we actually launched a course called Ad Copy Accelerator for anybody who wants to learn how to write ad copy. Or if you're an agency, I just thought course so they can learn how to write ad copy for you. So that's an option too. Love it. Love it. No, yeah, I, I think so you you just launched your own ad copy course. Uh, yep. And in that you teach people, you know, I guess how to just like improve their copywriting skills. Um, it's specific to or? Facebook ads. Yeah. So it's okay, a three week cool. self paced thing. You get three copy critiques. We'll actually review copy from yourself or your copywriter. If you're an agency, I would definitely have like your designated copywriter go through this. But basically we give away the SOPs, the templates, the frameworks for writing really high converting Facebook ad copy. So that's what it's all about. Um, This is literally how our agency writes ads for all of our clients. And so it's a step-by-step framework. If you want to have someone on your team who can just uh, nail Facebook ads and crank them out and write really awesome headlines, um, how to write for the different parts of a funnel, that's, that's what that is all about. So Definitely, if anybody's interested, check it out. It's I think it's pretty good. <laughs> but I am where, where can they find that? Yeah, it's adcopyaccelerator.com. Perfect. That's easy. Yeah. Adcopyaccelerator.com if you guys are interested in that. Yes. All right. Now I want to switch over briefly uh, in the last part of our conversation to kind of talk about the agency world as a whole, because I know you've been yeah. in it for quite a while as well I with have. me. Um, yep. What... Uh, what are some things that you think um, agency owners trip up on uh, when they're growing their agency commonly? Yeah, I would say definitely not delegating soon enough and doing too much DIY, doing it yourself and not delegating. And I fell into this trap when I first started my agency back in 2000. 11. So it's been a long time. And at first, you know, I was broke just out of college. I didn't have any money. I didn't know all these things. So anybody who's already in your program, you have a huge leg up because yeah. Tyler has done all the heavy lifting for you Yeah, and has figured out what not to do and what to do. And that in and of itself is invaluable. Um, so I think, you know, even if you don't have a big budget, you don't have a lot of money, just knowing you have these contractors to pull from and SOPs and just having creative ways to outsource, outsource as soon as possible. When I started doing that, probably, I think it was three years into my agency, I was super burned out because I was DIYing everything all my ads for clients, all the ad management, all the copy, all the web design, all the stuff we were doing. Um, But I doubled my business in one year just by outsourcing. And it was scary at first. And I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm spending so much money on these contractors or these people. Is it going to pay off? And it felt like I was losing at first, Um, but it honestly paid back tenfold. And I recently, with Moxie Copywriting, I've got a team of 12 copywriters a project manager, a copy chief, and an editor. So I've got a pretty substantial team. But just to show you why this is so important, I went through some personal family stuff that was really difficult the last three months. And I didn't work for three months. Um, And my business kept making money. I didn't have to worry about anything. Um, And the business kept growing and operating by itself. And I think ultimately as an agency owner, that's where we all want to get to. So I would say not DIY, not DIYing your stuff and delegating as soon as possible. That is massive, massive. I couldn't agree more. I think the people that are in the biggest like danger of falling into 
DIYing everything is the people that start out freelancing. Like they're, they're not an agency, they're like a freelancer. So they feel, you know, a little bit, you know, okay, doing the marketing here and there. And then, you know, they try and they try and like grow. And now they're just like, like, instead of becoming an agency, they're just a power freelancer, right? Like calling themselves an agency. Like you're not an agency if it's just you doing work for your If you don't have a team, yeah, you're not an agency. It's not an agency, no. Like you're just a a really stressed out freelancer, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) You're super stressed and have no life, yeah. Right. Um, What's your favorite thing about the marketing industry as a whole? Um, I would say that it's constantly changing, which can also be a little stressful, but I love, um, I love marketing because it's always evolving. There's always new platforms. There's always new tactics and things that are working. Um, it's never boring. Like I never have a boring day of work ever. There's always something different that I'm working on. Um, I'm constantly learning new things. And I feel like as agency owners, you have to be adaptable. You have to be okay with, you know, not getting stuck on one platform, but okay, what's happening on TikTok or what's happening with reels? Like, how do I need to tap into that? Um, so I think it's just really fast paced and exciting. That's what I enjoy about it the most. That's the same answer for me too. I love that. It's just like constantly mm-hmm. growing and there's constantly new technologies coming out, new software, new platforms, yeah. new everything new ways to get leads I mean you name it like I I love how fast it grows like that Um, and I also like I don't worry at all for a second of like where are we going to be in 10 years like we're not going to be where we're at we're going to be somewhere yeah (laughs) but we're going to be somewhere like we're going to be doing totally different things but that's okay and like like marketing is not going anywhere like yeah, it'll be it here and marketing is somewhere. essential. Yes, yeah. it is a hundred percent essential. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite thing about working for yourself? Um, I would say the flexibility and time freedom for sure. I mean, the money is great. I would describe myself as somebody who's not super motivated by money. Like we're all motivated by different things. I'm motivated, motivated by money to a degree, but I'm way more motivated by freedom. So like I said, when I was able to basically completely check out of my business for the last three months to be there for my family and deal with some personal things that were going on, that was such a relief to know that, okay, everything's fine. I know I've got consistent monthly recurring revenue. I have a team in place that's delivering awesome quality work to all of my clients. We're getting good reviews. And I don't even have to think about it. I could hop on a plane tomorrow and be gone, you know, in Bermuda for a month and still make money. So to me, um, all the work I've done for the last 10 years has really culminated to that and being able to take time off and to have a business that runs itself instead of me being the driving factor that runs the business. So I, I for sure think that's my favorite thing. I love that. And I also agree as well. And like it funny enough, like it's not, it's never really the money, even the people that are motivated by money, like if they just took a step, the second to think a little bit deeper, they would realize that it's not actually about that money. Like it's about what that money means. It's about what that money is going to enable you to do. Like in your case, and in many people's case, it's freedom. That's the first big thing, like having, not being, not having to go to nine to five, not being, you know, not being told what to do by anyone else, um, Mm -hmm. is huge. That time freedom. Like I got sick not too long ago. And like, just the thought that I was able to just take sick time and not Mm -hmm. think about it 
was huge. Yeah. Like that dawned on yeah. me and I'm like, wow, like I'm, you know, I, I guess I take that for granted, but like, I can just take sick time because I'm sick right now. Um, that's, right. that's really big. And even when you're like making money and just stacking it into the bank as you're growing and everything or stacking it into investments, like it's not even about the money there. It's about that money, meaning security for your retirement and safety. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's not about the, the actual dollars. It's about what that means. Security, safety, yes comfort down the road. Um, yeah. so that's huge. Um, okay. And then this last question uh, I ask everyone on my podcast is the last question uh, that I ask, what is your number one piece of advice that you would give to someone that is just starting out their agency today? Okay. Yeah. I love that question. I am going to have to split it up into two because I think there's two things. I think one, you have to show up and put yourself out there. Um, when you're starting any new business, whether you're an agency owner or an e-com store owner, you have to show up and people have to know that you exist. And that's not going to happen if you throw a website together. You have to be creating content, creating videos. You need to change your Facebook profile to talk about your business. Um, I was very self-conscious about putting myself out there the first five years of my agency. And then I made a pivot and I was like, whatever, I'm just going for it. I'm going to start talking about what I do and how I help people and serve people. And then it just kind of blew the floodgates open. Um, yep. So put yourself out there. You have to show up and be willing to, to do that. Um, and then delegate sooner than later, which is what we've been talking about, because if you want to scale DIYing, just will not do it. You'll be burned out, stressed out overwhelmed. I've been there and delegating and having somebody do it for you. People you trust is honestly the biggest thing that's going to help you scale and grow a sustainable agency. Love it. Love it. You know, I had, this is the first time uh, asking this question on this podcast that someone has said, uh, put yourself out there and don't be afraid of that. And I, yeah. I personally relate to that so much because yeah. like, I feel like I owe a lot of my own success and my agency success to me personally putting my face out there and, you know, yeah. doing this podcast and doing these coaching calls and posting mm -hmm. every single day and emailing every single day and, you know, like yeah. staying on it and like not being afraid to be the face. And, you know, in the very beginning, like I, in the beginning of Sylvie Viral, like I really, yeah. Annika, like I wanted it to be Sylvie Viral. I didn't want it to be I Tyler did too. I did too. I was like, no, just let it be Moxie. I don't want to put my face out there. That's weird. Uh -huh. <laughs> but like, but like people don't relate to a brand name as much as they yeah. do to a person. A person. Um, and you can, yes. you can like ignite your agency brand uh, totally. so quickly by putting your name and your face and your personality out there. Like I tell people in the DFY yes. program all the time, like start a podcast and speak to your niche. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter if you're e-commerce, you're automotive, you're chiropractor, start a podcast where you have conversations about that industry and just get yeah. out there and talk about it and put yourself out there. Um, because that can create so much content for you and so much presence yes. and authority and everything. And like, so be viral, can't create a podcast. Like and, yeah. and, and so we can't sit in the seat and talk to Annika, right? Like it yes. has to be you driving your, um, driving your business. You don't forever have to be the face of it, but a face 
like you said, can ignite your brand like no Definitely. other. And once you do it, if you just get past that initial hurdle, it gets easier and easier. And then you just don't care. You're like, whatever, I'm just going to constantly talk about this stuff online all day. And then what happens is you become so top of mind that people will randomly think of you and they're like, oh, you know what? I do need copy for something. Oh yeah. Annika talks about that all the time on her social media. She's the first person I'm going to talk to. So that's why it's so important. Huge. Annika, thank you again so much for thank being you. on this episode. I think there was a ton of value. Uh, do you want to, you, you have a copy course again. Can you remind everyone where they can find? Yeah. That? So we've got our Facebook copywriting program, which is three weeks. It's self-paced. It's called ad copy accelerator. And that's the website. It's just adcopyaccelerator.com. And then I did create a discount code for your listeners and it's DFY 15. That is for our copywriting services. So if you need copy, for yourself or your clients and you go to moxiecopywriting.com, you can use the code DFY15 for 15% off your first purchase. Boom. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> Thank you again, Annika. Uh, and don't be a stranger. I won't. So good to see you. And thanks again for having me. That's going to be it for today's episode. If you're ready to take your agency to the next level and have your leads, your team, and your sales all done for you, then apply now at dfyagencyprogram.com slash scale. That's dfyagencyprogram.com slash scale. There will be a clickable link in the podcast show notes below. See you in the next episode of the Digital Marketing Agency Builders Podcast.